Hello and welcome to another episode of Depend Explaining, the podcast. I am Veronica. And I am Jen. Hi, Jen. Hey, Veronica. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Listening to the wind whistle the through. The wind whistle. Yes, it's so loud. <laughs> it's disturbing. The other day it woke me up. I was like, Saturday morning, and I was like, what in the world? It was like whistling and really loud and thunder, and I opened my eyes, and it was like, it was bad outside. It was a bad storm, and then we woke up, and it was like nothing happened, like in the morning, because oh, wow. I was during the night, yeah. and I was like peeking out into the balcony, and I could see my poor little plants just whipping back and forth, and we woke up in the morning, and then it was fine. I was like, what the hell just happened? There's a storm at night. Yeah. Was there rain with it too then? Yeah, no, it was a full-on storm. Yeah, Yeah, it was a full-on storm. Dang. So so now just we're dealing with the wind. It's sunny outside. It's just very windy. My kids wanted to go to the beach, and I was like, we'll get blown away. I know. I don't like the wind. And then you'll get sand blown at you. That that I hate. Yeah. More. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. painful. I do not like sand blowing in my face. Yeah. We went to, many, many years ago, Kyle and I, this was before kids, we went to the, one of the Canary Islands, and it was so windy, like ridiculous, and we were just being pelted by sand on the beach. I was like, mm, this isn't yeah. even enjoyable. So then I just drank myself to sleep on the beach. There you go. Got a lovely sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound fun, it was but on, the rest of it does. It was on the back of my legs. Uh, <laughs> it was really fell asleep bad. on your belly. I fell asleep yeah. on my belly, and I woke up, and I was like, it yeah. smells like bacon. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. I was frying. <laughs> my legs were just frying. <laughs> I couldn't even sit down, like, sitting on the airplane. Oh, it hurt. I was like, oh, oh. my butt cheeks. Everything's burnt to a crisp. It was yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. And then you don't, do it again. Don't drink. <laughs> don't drink sangria at 11 o'clock in the morning until you pass out. In the midday sun in mm-hmm. Spain. Yes. Or uh, d- don't drink two bottles of wine with your friend on the beach and then have to walk back to your hotel room. Because your flip-flop will explode on you. Yes, this is it what will. You will be told the next day. You will remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you will wake up in your peed-in swimsuit on the bathroom floor covered in sand. Wondering what happened. What happened in life? Yes, this happened to a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. A very close, close friend, friend that we both know very oh well. Oh my gosh! I did. I was. I was on the bed. I was covered in sand. I woke up on top of the bed. Luckily, I wasn't under the covers. But I was like, I know I peed in yeah. my swimsuit. <laughs> I showered. I mean, by yeah, at that point when you are that, when you know it's just you're gone. We were looking. Couldn't find Veronica. She was gone. <laughs> Just gone. Oh gone, my gosh. gone, gone. Gone. Goodbye. I mean, she was there. But she was gone. Oh. Bye, Veronica. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Why did I drink so uh, much that day? It's oh. the boys' fault. They kept bringing bottles of wine to us. And then they weren't drinking very much of it. Yeah. And they kept refilling our cups. <laughs> yeah. God bless their hearts. Because I would have left their yeah. asses on the beach. I would have been like, yeah, bye. They were, here. they were great. 
I mean, Kyle was a trooper. He, like, helped you when your flip-flop exploded. <laughs> we had no idea how it happened. We're not sure what what went on with that, but I he helped know. try to fix it. And then he helped you up that ledge because, you know, we had to walk up that ledge to walk oh, through yeah. the bit of the um, how, whatever. Oh, my gosh. The that grass area. Very drunk. He helped you up there and, yeah. I know I woke up. We made it I, home. It's fine. Yeah. I know I woke up and I showered and I was like, what did I do? I went and peeked in the kids' room and they were all sleeping and like I showered with hot water because remember how none of us were getting hot water because we were sharing yeah. like the water tank with the entire building. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow, I have hot water. And so I showered and then I walked around the apartment and like I ate, like I took a bite out of a slice of pizza. I was like, that's a mistake. And I walked around the apartment for like a good 20 minutes just walking around. I was like, what do I do? <laughs> and then I, I hate that. I know. I was like, I don't know what to do. Everyone's asleep. I was so stupid last night probably. <laughs> and then I grabbed my book and I fell asleep. And then I woke up pretty hungover the next day and we're like, let's go for a boat ride. And I was like, yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yay. You boat. handled that pretty well though. I uh I was not feeling that good on the boat ride, but it wasn't too too bad. You were you you took it like a champ. I tried. I was like I was really excited to see like the grottos and stuff, and the kids were yeah. really excited. So I think I was feeding off of their their joy, and just that it was such a good trip. It was it such was. a fun trip. We were so like relaxed. We didn't have anywhere to go. We just wanted to do nothing and i was like this is yes. perfect this is this is a vacation it was it was yeah. a vacation we just got yeah we did nothing and we got to eat all the food mm-hmm. and it was wonderful i was just telling my mom about that trip today actually because i talked to my mom this morning and i said i think i was like from the things that i have read said that if i can prove that i have portuguese blood in me i can apply for portuguese citizenship Really? Yeah, and I was like, I know I do because I've done those DNA tests and it said I was, like, mostly Iberian. I was like, oh, that's Portuguese. Like, I bet I could apply for it um, if I can prove it. And mm-hmm. then I was like, let's go live there. Let's just go live there. I'll go live that would there. be awesome. Mm-hmm. I would live there. Yeah. The people are so nice. It's so beautiful. Yeah. The beaches are great. Mm-hmm. And the food... Oh, my goodness. Yes. I made Jen try octopus while we were there. Yeah. She was reluctant, and then she said it tasted really good. It was delicious. Whatever, like, seasonings and marinade and thing that it was sitting in was so good. The texture was kind of weird, but... It's kind of chewy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so good. Oh, my gosh. I think we broadened your horizons with the food, Jen, while living in Europe. You did. Yeah. You did. You did, because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah. There's no way. It's the best part of going to a new country is trying all the foods. Whatever you think is weird, just shut up and eat it. You'll be so surprised. You just never know. You yeah. You never know. I tried um, haggis in Scotland. Yeah. It was all right, but I could say I tried it. I was just like, oh, it's my favorite. But, you know. And you got to try it. Blood pudding? I like it. <laughs> It is so, it's such an interesting taste. Yeah. Like clovey and. Yes. Yeah. It's like really herby. Like. Yes. Yeah. 
so it's I different. Like it. But I I thought it was good too. I liked having it with with the uh, with breakfast. With full Irish breakfast. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So good. So, oh, by the way, <laughs> this is the podcast where we just talk about food. <laughs> if you if you're we tuning always in, get back to food. Yeah, if you're tuning in and you're like, aren't these bitches supposed to be talking about murder? Uh, no. <laughs> You are wrong, my friend. No. Today we talk about food. No. How Always we food. Yeah. How we're gonna murder this food. Yeah, we are. Oh. Oh, I like that. We're gonna murder some food. We're gonna murder this food. With yeah, Oh, did I tell you the other day I one of my posts on Facebook got blocked because it said murder on it? <laughs> yes. I saw okay, so you still have me as an admin to that group. Oh, that's right. And so I yeah. I see things that come up, and I saw that. I, I meant to mention it to you. I was like, I'm sure she's probably seen I saw it. But I was like, I can't believe they took yeah. that off because it said murder. Are you kidding me, Facebook? I put it in for a review, and they, and they said, oh, we're sorry. We read it in a different context. I was like, oh, your robots, your Facebook yeah. robots read it wrong. Yes. I was like, okay. Exactly. Yeah. But it's fine. It went, it went back up. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. so funny facebook um hey jen so do you know where our listeners can reach us in case they have anything to say to us oh where can they reach us veronica they can reach us at dependusplaining at gmail.com jen <laughs> they can send us any type of military related story anything they wish to share with us that we can share on the podcast with our other lovely listeners and you yes. know where else they can reach us jen where tell me facebook instagram and twitter all right yes we love reading your comments and you know what else they can do for us jen what else can they do for us they can rate and subscribe jen on their favorite listening platforms yes they can <laughs> we need to save that script it <laughs> um so yeah do that do it go rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platform it is the ultimate best thing you could possibly do for us as a small town two person free podcast yes you know mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know what i mean you know what i'm getting at yes so do it it helps us so much and we would just love your support we love your support already now help us out even more there there is not another podcast that's like ours there may be other we are ones unique we are very unique in every single way because yes. you are beautiful no matter what people <laughs> say. <laughs> no, um, no, there's lots of military podcasts out there aimed for the military dependent, military spouse, but we're cool. We are not mm -hmm. religious, <laughs> mm -hmm. but we respect your religious opinion. We are not political. Of course. But we respect your political opinion of and course. anything else that goes along with it, whatever stance you have. But we also do true crime, military-related true crime. And there may be other ones that do military-related true crime, but they are not Jen and Veronica. I can tell you that right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Where are you going to get the sweet banter and roundabouts of different types of things that pop into our head that we're just going to share Nowhere. with you? Nowhere. Nowhere else. That's where. Not going to happen. Nope. 
We're here for you. All your true crime love and selves and military topics plus mm-hmm. listening to our just life in general. What's yeah. happening? Yeah. Mostly nothing's happening. but <laughs> Mostly complaining about produce oh, I know. all the time. I know. So. I know. I'm going to yeah. stop. I'll stop with that because I'll stop. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get, Do me, started get me started on how much we pay for produce <laughs> here. Uh, and meat. Uh, just everything. Mm-hmm. It's just our location. It's not your fault. Don't blame yourself. <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's just our location. Ah, the airplanes! I heard it. Make sure you look out your window and say hi to the pilot. I can see their faces <laughs> when they're coming in, not so much when they're going out. Sometimes yeah. those fuckers fly so low, and I seriously am like, you're going to hit the building, and that's not going to be good. <laughs> the <laughs> elevator will be out of service, and they'll have to come up and down the stairs. Six I flight don't want to walk the stairs to groceries. Yeah, don't make me go up and down the stairs with groceries. That is the worst. I had to buy a wagon the other day, which I had a wagon when we were in England, and I put it in storage because I'm an idiot, and I refuse to get rid of that beautiful wagon. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. and I had to buy one, a collapsible one, just so I can carry my groceries from my car <laughs> to the elevator. Smart. It's far, okay? It's, that's resourceful, so you don't have to make a, multiple yeah. trips. That's smart. That's yeah. a great idea. Because I used to have to, like, park in front of the building, and they have a grocery cart for that in the lobby, but it has to stay in the lobby. So either way, I have to run to it and then come back. I'm like, I'm just going to keep a wagon next, next to my car, fill it with my groceries, take it upstairs, and that's great. And it's been fine. It's fine. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's great. That, that's smart. Thanks, Jen. Sometimes I use my brain for good things. Uh, you know, you always use your brain. It's great. Sometimes for we good things. We get to things. listen to it every week. I apologize. <laughs> I do. Sorry. Do you have anything else you want to tell us before we get started? Because I'm dying to hear your story. Um, I do not. I have nothing else to share because this is my life. This is I- it. I have nothing else to contribute to society. <laughs> I don't even contribute anything that great to society <laughs> right now. I just, uh, you know, sometimes I say funny things, like I said before. Very rarely, though. It That's, yep. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's it. That's all. Thanks, that's guys. It. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you go nice. there you were mm-hmm. we weren't there we weren't this there was, at all this was the food podcast <laughs> where we talk about food all day long i could i could too Maybe we should start our our own food podcast our own explain me food <gasps> and we can talk about food we've tried all around the world yeah and share recipes on how to make food yeah it can't you can't take that from us. We started first. Oh, my gosh. If there's a podcast that comes out after this episode talking about food from different parts of the world, from a military spouse, I will not give you a good review. <laughs> I'll be so mad. 
I will not give you the five stars because you I don't get it. I will rage and give you a two and a half stars. Just two because I can't <laughs> do half stars. Yeah, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would. i give you just one point. That's it. One of the points. Not five points of the star. Just one. We should have done like a traveling podcast. That's what we should have done. N- not like oh, yeah. we travel with the podcast. But <laughs> talk no, about our travels. We do that already. We do. Yeah. You guys hear it. We share it. We share all of our stuff with you. Yes. Every part of our life. Every Almost. part. All the gross, no. grimy bits of it. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we get a little TMI, but you know. It needs to be heard. You can always skip it if you don't want to. It's fine. We, we understand. Yeah. But you shouldn't. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for true crime? Totes. <laughs> all right. So uh, my story this week is a little bit different. Than just a true crime story. Okay. Uh, while I was doing research, uh, this came up and I was like, oh, that seems actually kind of interesting. Let's look into this. So today I'm going to tell you the story of Kristen Gilbert, who was nicknamed the Angel of Death. Oh. Which I know there are other more infamous at least there's like one or two other people that I know have that nickname. Yeah. But you will understand why she was given this nickname here mm. shortly. Kristen Gilbert was born Kristen Heather Strickland in Fall River, Massachusetts on November 13th, 1967. She was the oldest daughter of Richard and Claudia Strickland. Her father, Richard, was an electronics executive and her mother, Claudia, was a homemaker and part-time teacher. Which, how do you be a part-time teacher? How does that work? I guess maybe as a substitute? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You only work maybe half the day. Well, that or she ju- she's a trained teacher but just waits for calls to substitute, maybe? Yeah, maybe. They didn't have a lot of information, but I, when I wrote that, I was like, part-time, okay. Interesting. I'm thinking it's substituting. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That would that would make the most sense. As a child, Kristen Strickland exhibited a high scholastic aptitude. Uh, as she entered her teen years, friends and family took notice that she had become a habitual liar and was prone to neurotic behavior. She had a history of faking suicide attempts to manipulate people. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And according to court records, she had made violent threats against others since she was a teenager. Mm. So it Yay. sounds like a <laughs> disturbed person. Yeah, very. She graduated from high school at the age of 16. Oh, wow. Which, because, I mean, she they said she's very smart. But, you know, being smart doesn't always make you a good person. Right. <laughs> In 1986, she enrolled at Bridgewater State College in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. After a fake suicide attempt, she was ordered psychiatric treatment by the Bridgewater State College officials. Uh, Because of this, in 1987, she was transferred to Mount Wachusett Community College in Gardner, Massachusetts. And then to Greenfield Community College in Greenfield, Massachusetts. She graduated from Greenfield with a nursing diploma, becoming a registered nurse in 1988. 
And then later in that year, she married Glenn Gilbert. In 1989, she joined the staff of the Veterans Affairs Medical Center, or VAMC, in Northampton. She distinguished herself early on and was featured in the magazine VA Practitioner in April of 1990. Her co-workers always saw Kristen as a very sociable person while working in the sea ward. Her supervisors always rated her as highly skillful and admired how well she reacted during any medical emergencies. Kristen gave birth to their first son um, and then returned to work in 1990. She then started working the 4 p.m. to midnight shift, and coincidentally, patients started dying a lot more, a lot more often during her shifts. Oh my. Yeah. In 1993, Kristen gave birth to their second son, but Kristen and Glenn's marriage was then starting to go downhill. After getting back to work, Kristen develops a close friendship with security guard James Peralt. The two become more than just friends and start having an affair. And in 1994, Kristen left her husband and her kids to be with James. Oh, my. When back at work, uh, some of the nurses were starting to become suspicious of the number of deaths occurring during Kristen's shifts. Mm -hmm. They were more of an alarming rate than anyone else oh so which like the numbers spiked even more yes oh only during Kristen's shifts Mm -hmm. and that's when they first started jokingly giving her the nickname angel of death not really knowing what was actually going Mm -hmm. on while some of the patients were were of poor health, others never had a history of heart problems and were dying of cardiac arrest. By 1996, three nurses had noticed an increase of cardiac arrest during Kristen's shifts and a decrease of supply of uh, epinephrine, which prompted them to report this concern. Epinephrine? So, epinephrine is an injectable form of adrenaline. It is used to treat severe allergic reactions or anaphylaxis Mm -hmm. to bug bites, stings, foods, drugs, and um, any other allergens. Mm -hmm. These reports then prompted an investigation. Kristen then had gotten word that these investigations were going on. And then she quickly left her job at the VA hospital, claiming she had been injured while on the job. Injured? How? Doesn't say, just that she claims that she was injured. Mm. You know. Sure, leave your job really quickly. And, you know, that's not suspicious. Mm -hmm. That same year, her relationship with James also started to fall apart. During the investigation, James Peralt, Kristen's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, you know, whatever they were really, whatever was going on with them. He starts getting phone calls at the hospital because he's the security officer there. And Where these she calls works? say, yeah, he was a security officer at the hospital. And uh, so these calls were saying that there had been bombs planted around the hospital. So, of course, there's an investigation and, you know, bomb squad, and they have to find where the bombs are. Well, no explosives were ever found. And detectives were able to link those phone calls of the bomb threats 
to none other than Kristen Gilbert. So then on January of 1998, Kristen was tried and convicted of making bomb threats and sentenced to 15 months in prison. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's on a roll. Yeah. They, uh, so they're still actively investigating the deaths and the decrease of the epinephrine from the VA hospital. Um, and they start, are, they're starting to link Kristen to those deaths. I mean, they're clearly seeing that it's her patients that are dying. When she's there. her watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now now it's not happening. And yeah, it's, it's not happening now that she's not here. So. Yeah. In November of 1998, Kristen was formally charged with three murders. Henry Huden, who was 35, Kenneth Cutting, who was 41, and Edward Squira, Squira, who was 69, and then two attempted murder charges of Thomas Callahan and Angelo uh, Vea. Then in May of 1999, Kristen was also charged for the murder of veteran Stanley uh, Jagodowski, who was 66. Hmm. During her trial, former boyfriend James Perrault testified against Kristen, where he claimed that she had confessed at least one of these murders to him during their relationship. That, of course, was argued against by her defense lawyers. But... Nonetheless, on March 14th, 2001, Kristen Gilbert was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder, and two counts of attempted murder. On March 27th, Kristen was sentenced to four consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, plus 20 years. Mm. So, it was found that Kristen would inject the therapy bags that were connected to the veterans with large doses of epinephrine to induce cardiac arrest. She would then use these emergencies to respond to her patients to try to resuscitate them herself. It was said that Kristen lived for the attention she would get after trying to help her patients and to show off to her boyfriend, James. Like she wanted to be the hero. Yes. Okay. She lived for the thrill of the, you know, the the adrenaline of the emergency plus the attention she would get from responding to the emergency when everyone else see that she's doing it. Yeah. Is fucked up. Yeah. In in one instance, prosecutors had brought up that on February 2nd, 1996, Kristen had asked her supervisor... If she could leave early, if a very ill patient were to die. That's when Kenneth Cutting, one of her known victims, died 40 minutes later. Oh, shit. Yeah. She was evil. So, she has these four victims. Of course, they do think that there's many, many more, but they just can't, you know. They have the four that are totally conclusive. Yeah. So the four victims, as I mentioned before, Henry Hudon, he was 35 years old. He was a former Air Force assistant physical therapist. Kenneth Cutting was 41. He's an Army veteran. Uh, Stanley Jagodowski 
was 66. He was a Holyoke truck driver and an army veteran of the Korean War. Mm. And Edward Squira? How you spell? S-K-W-I-R-A. S-K-W-I-R-A. Squira. Squira? That's all I can think of. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe. I try. Um, was 69, and he was a decorated World War II veteran. And that is the unfortunate and horrible story of serial killer Kristen Gilbert. That crazy bitch. Yeah. And it right? wasn't... She... It, <laughs> she doesn't get off on the killing part. It's the fact that she wanted to be seen as the hero and yeah. go in and try to reverse what she just caused. So they'd be like, Oh, yeah. good job, Kristen. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't sick. so I don't think she really cared either way if her patient right. survived or not. Obviously they have two instant instances where two people did end up surviving. Um yeah. but that they know of at least. But I think it was the fact that she just knew she, it, she was very um, smart and in certain ways super smart on knowing how to calculate mm-hmm. how much of a dose she needed to give in order to give them cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And in, in a time where it wasn't so like suspicious where it happened right away, but it was at least mm-hmm. it would happen uh, at a, you know, later on. Not right away to where it looks super suspicious by her going in there with something and then coming back out and then immediately. Oh, my God. Having it happen. So, yeah. I think she, I mean, I don't, I think the thrill of controlling someone's life that way, too, also probably yeah sounded good to her. Yeah. Controlling death. Yeah. Oh, my she's gosh. She's a sick person. Yeah. I mean, she's a terrible person from her childhood, so... Yeah, but I mean, she was so smart. She could have done, oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, serial killers are very smart. Yeah, they could have been smart in other ways, but they chose death. So, uh, f- I mean, not really fun fact, but fact about this case, in Massachusetts in 1984, they abolished the um, death penalty, but... Because Kristen committed these crimes in a federal building, because the VA hospital is a federal building, prosecutors were still able to actually oh. pursue the death penalty. Oh, shit, yeah. But they ultimately agreed against it, that they mm. think that she was better to just live out her life forever in prison, remembering what she did. I hope she's not <laughs> doing anything like that in prison. Like, if they give her a job, like, you're not. a nurse now. No, thank yeah. you. I'd be the patient be like, I would hope pass. Yeah, I'd be pass. like, no. I'll just live with this bladder infection for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'll my be gosh. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's just a little blood. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. So. Oh, no. Yeah, she's insane. Insane. The, I just, that story was very interesting to me. And I, it just was also just so sad how, I know it can happen and, in anywhere and it's sad for any you know patient no matter what their 
uh, you know, military or not. Just the but the fact that oh, they absolutely. were veterans and they some of them went through horrible things that they have already horrible, been horrible through things. Yeah, yeah. They've to just be enough. taken away like that out of you know no remorse just because she's a selfish person. Terrible, awful lady. Well, her time will come. Yeah. Her time will come. And she'll meet her maker. That's terrible. That's terrible. Like, you you know, you signed, you studied a career field that was meant to help people and people yeah. depend on you and they trust you with their lives to administer medications and put down correct information on paperwork in order to pass it along to other medical providers. And then you fucking mm-hmm. turn on them like that. Like they're nobody and they, you know, these poor men and women that serve their country have seen enough, like I said. And then this crazy bitch is like, "Mm, I'm just going to do it for fun because I get a rise out of it. I'm just going to take it away. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's, it was said that maybe she had um, changed medical records and such too for patients. So it doesn't, so it didn't look suspicious. Yeah. uh, On her with the patients um it, there was also an article and i because some articles had um you know the same information but sometimes a little bit different uh, again you know 19 tabs in my head and videos <laughs> playing and i don't know where this music's coming from but yeah um it i don't know how true this is but she had it had said that um she tried to poison her husband oh as well i don't know if it was like after they got divorced or before. Uh-huh. Or maybe that's why but, they like, got divorced. Yeah, she, like, sent him to the hospital because she was, like, poisoning him with some sort of drug. I mean, she's a nurse, so she knows yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. She's very smart. Watch out, people. Watch out. Yeah. Vet, vet your medical professionals because that shit's scary. Oh. Yeah. I can't. I can't even think about it. But thanks, Jen. Yeah. Thanks for... You're welcome. Scaring me every time I go to the doctor now. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, I have something that will also make people mad. <laughs> uh oh. Yay. Okay. Okay. Um, so usually we like to end it on something informative, and this is informative. It's not lighthearted at all. But I have for you something that just happened earlier the month in the month of August. August 2nd of this year, 2021, the Air Force announced that it had ended its policy allowing emotional support animals in the cabin of their charter planes. Oh my goodness. The Rotator, a.k.a. the Patriot Express. Did you know about this? I did not. I must have just, I must have just not even, I don't look at that stuff anymore since I can't have my pet here, so... Right. This is for <sighs> emotional support animals. Right. Not regular. Just regular. Yeah. Unemotionally supported animals. Uh, un- unemotionally supported. Unemo- um, unemotionally. Su- <laughs> unemotion- unemotionally appointed animals. <laughs> That's what I should say. Um, this is, I believe, through all airlines, but. Um, I'm talking about the rotator because they do allow them, or they did allow them on the rotator. Yeah. The animals, 
now must have a reservation for cabin or cargo hold depending on their size, right? So Mm -hmm. in 2008, the Department of Transportation began requiring airlines to let passengers bring animals on board if they had a note from their doctor saying the animal was needed for emotional support, anxiety, depression, whatever it may be that that animal comforts you from, that's where they allow it. So in December 2020, the department uh, reversed its decision recommending that the airlines limit animals in passenger cabins to service dogs only. Mm. Those defined as having special training to help their handlers with physical, intellectual, psychiatric, or mental abilities as well. So that's what a service dog is for, okay? Those were the only ones allowed. Emotional support animals under the ruling are considered the same as pets. Airlines could choose to continue transporting them in cabins at no cost, but nearly all have stopped allowing them in passenger cabins unless they are small enough to fit under a seat and remain in their carry-ons. Um, this comes after some idiots who tried to claim any- anything as an emotional support, and they ruined it for all, Jen. In 2014, on a U.S. Airways, <laughs> yeah, on a U.S. Airways plane, someone brought an emotional support pig, and that pig pooped oh, all God. over uh, during the flight. Yeah, so clearly not a trained animal to hold yeah. and poop. Uh, a man was actually mauled by a uh, a dog on a Delta Airlines flight in 2017, also from a, oh. a passenger who claimed their dog was emotional support animal and some idiot once tried to bring a peacock on a flight oh dear god what is a peacock gonna do for you i mean they're beautiful and majestic but they don't do anything no they scream never expose their their feathers to you and then try to peck you you can't snuggle next to a peacock no you can't i don't know how they provide support this to me just seemed like a way of getting around you getting some weird animal on the airplane to yes. somewhere so stupid yep um so this year at the beginning of the pcs season the air mobility command increased pets bases in passenger cabins to 20 now um but spaces remain limited to between four and ten kennel spots in cargo holds depending on the aircraft families are allowed up to two spots on the rotator and they must travel on the same flight as their humans for those pets. So you can't send off your pet before you or after. I don't understand that. Why can't they have like a designated person to receive the animal at the next location? This would make it so much easier for like a family to travel without the added stress of trying to coordinate a flight with their pet. Right? Yeah. Um, I was on the... When we came on the rotator... We stopped at an airport. I won't say which one, but we stopped and we were waiting for our next flight on the rotator and there was dogs on the tarmac. So they had this this like cart and they had like four crates, four um, kennels with doggies in them. The doggies were just sitting in them. It was so sad. And I was like, why can't the families come out and let them out? I did see a couple that come, came and let them out. But it's like, why can't they have somebody designated at those times when they have the, the aircraft come in with the doggies or the cats or whatever, whatever animal they're allowing to fly. Um, and then these designated people 
could be volunteers, could be an organization, come and let those pets out and um, to do their business, let them run around a little bit and then put them back in the kennels, put them back on the flight. And then those dogs make it to their final destination with another designated person to receive them. If the owners, the humans of the doggies are not on the aircraft, right? Because sometimes you cannot coordinate a rotator flight with your pets. I don't have any pets, but I can only imagine the stress this brings on with people now having to buy plane tickets for the animals. Um, so I, that's just my opinion. Now, you, I mean, you could do, I mean, you, it could be like an added cost, you know, like uh, you, they have those transportation services. Like I know when you arrived in London, they transported your dog with a service, right? Someone picked up the dog and yeah. then took her to the kennel where she needed to stay until you guys could get there or until you guys could pick her up or whatever. Why can't they have yeah. that for rotator flights? Why must the family be on there? Anyways, that's my opinion. I like your opinion. Thanks. I think as a pet owner, I think that makes a lot of sense. It would be super helpful because not always, not every time if you are required, because we're required, if it's rotator and it goes to your place, you yeah. are required to take the rotator so if they run out of pet spots we should be able to book them on another one where yes. we can get them on and or in some way get yeah. them on a rotator whether we're with them or not and have somebody there you know have a kennel at the at those major airports where the rotator goes out so the mm-hmm. the, the pets may stay until the next rotator and then have somebody there who can take care of the animals and get them on the flight and take yeah. them out and then make sure they are. Yeah. I mean, that's what I know when we got our dog to England, we had a t- she went on a flight before we did. Mm-hmm. And they, she went on United and they, she flew all the way over there without us. We weren't on the airplanes, neither mm-hmm. of the planes that she was on. And she was she flew from Dallas to Houston and in Houston she had a layover and they took her out. They walked her around, let her go to the bathroom, fed her yeah. a little bit of food, and then put her back in the kennel, and then she was on her way. And so, I, you know, rotator is helpful, but all I see are so many problems with people with pets yeah, trying to get on the rotator and everything. It just, it's, it's a stress on top of a PCS stress. It's mm-hmm. another stress that we have to deal with. And yes, it is. Yes. We wanted a dog. Yes. I know that's on us. We wanted it, but you are moving us. You should have a better way to get us our pets. Yeah. Help us out. You have to move us. Help us. Yeah. So I thought like they could have, like the family could take off before the dog and and then the pets, and then when they find a spot on the rotator, put them on the flight, wherever they need to stop. There's somebody that could let them out, um, do their business, feed yeah. them, put them back on the plane, or back in their kennel, really, and then have them, you know, fly off to their final destination. I don't understand that because it's like, oh, we have room for your family, but we don't have room for your dog. Yeah, It's like one or the other they, in they some never situations. Do. They never do. I know, I, I understand they have to have an allotted amount of space and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and i get it like weight and everything but they were able to a lot more space in cabin for more in cabin uh pets and everything so why uh, 
So it, yeah, it's frustrating. It's yeah. it's causing like an uproar in the military community because people are now having to scramble to find alternative solutions. And pet spots yeah. on the PE are limited to only 10. And I also yes. think that depends on like the size of the kennel. So one large kennel can take up to two spaces of maybe like two medium sized dog kennels. So even mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to fly my Great Dane out there. Now I can't fit my, you know, my regular sized Labrador or whatever. And let's not forget also, you know, our suitcases because we just in the cargo space because that's going to take up room too. And when we PCS, we always travel really heavy and we carry lots of stuff with us. It's just it just happens. Now we live out of suitcases. We have to live for months at a time sometimes. Yeah. Who knows how long? Yeah. You know how hard it is to get go from a location where it's cold in the middle of February to a location where it's hot all the time and have no shorts. Yeah. That's awful, people. Yeah. Because it's like, well, do I leave clothes for summer or do I keep my winter clothes and not free my, freeze my tits off while I'm here? Because guess what? Unexpected snowstorms are coming that have never come before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True story. Happened to someone I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand that a pet can be a lifesaver in a time in times of crisis. Totally understand that, right? Um, they provide a sense of comfort and unconditional love, unless it's a cat, because cats don't love you. <laughs> yeah, they do. They depend. Sometimes they do. They depend on you and pretend to like you in order to survive. But they mani- man- manipulate you, or bully you. They have yes. the upper hand. They own They're you. They're so cute. They are the Regina George of the animal kingdom. <laughs> It's so true because you know what? I will do whatever it takes for let me to so that I can pet you, cat. I will do whatever you want. Let for me the pet cat you. To like you. I will even let you bite me. You can yeah. bite me. It's fine as long as I can still pet you. See? Yeah. You are the Gretchen Wieners. I am. I am. <laughs> That's so much. <laughs> my dad invented toaster strudels. Um, so I feel. Oh my God. Let's I'm, go to Taco Bell. Sorry. That's do you not her to Taco you Bell. Know. um i feel for all parties i really do this does affect it doesn't affect me in any way personally but as a mother whose child is allergic to cats i wouldn't want my loved one stuck on a 12-hour flight sitting next to a cat personally yeah they would be miserable the entire flight but then again i think of like families who have a beloved animal and they have to leave it behind because they can't arrange a flight for it so whether it's it's cost time frame age age of the pet it's it's heartbreaking to leave a four-legged friend behind and you i mean you would know jen i mean tara yeah. the, tara the dog but let's be honest tara jen tara the dog is living her fucking best life with your mom right now she is she has new roommates um my mom's oh. Um, my mom's fiance moved in and so he has two cats so no she's not the only pet anymore oh, no how's she taking <laughs> I think that they, i think she's okay i think the cats are what's you know they're i don't think they're a fan but yeah um, i haven't heard any 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 problems yet so hopefully it's, it's going she good <laughs> is she's like i am the alpha dog you will yeah. listen to me Every ring yeah. in this house I own, I will nibble on them as much as I want. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I own this jewelry. Jen's dog has a weird ring fetish and she nibbles on rings and she gets, she salivates and like sneezes over them. It's so weird. Yes. She's it's the a, strangest thing. Yes. 
Yeah. My daughter yeah. told me the other day, she's like, remember when I used to ride Tara the dog like a horse? I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, they were best yeah, buddies. Yeah. When she would, uh, she'd come over and uh, hang out. She'd go and put on one of um, uh, one of the dress-up dresses, typically yeah. frozen. And then yeah. she'd come and then she'd like, can I have a snack? And I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah. She'd sit on the couch and then, you know, Tara's sitting there looking at her and they're just like hanging out together. <laughs> She's feeding her goldfish. Yeah. Living, best friends. M- both of them living their best lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best friends as always. Oh, those, those sillies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. While you are part of the military world and you know that you will eventually be required to relocate duty stations and you have pets... You will have to pay for that pet to relocate with you, and it will be pricey. You may get lucky and be able to fly on the rotator, but the rotator does not go to every location overseas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to pay because you can't get them on the rotator. You must be prepared for this in advance. This should not come as a surprise to any pet owner. It is expensive to transport an animal for those that live overseas, you know you're going to have to pay or you you know you're going to have to move, you know, after a few years. It's three or four years. Um, so it's a good idea to start saving right away. Also, when you receive your assignment, do your research on how to transpo- transport, transport mm-hmm. your pet. <laughs> there are plenty of Facebook groups that can uh, point you in the right direction and helping you prepare for this and just stay on top of it. Um, but for those that absolutely, absolutely need their emotional support animals on flights, I'm really sorry this has happened and people took advantage of the situation and ruined it for so many. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And for those of you that were fucking taking advantage of the system, I hate you. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on you. you, So I... I mean, I don't know how true it is, but it sounded like people were able to get, like, a certificate for their pet as emotional support, like, super easy. Like, just Mm -hmm. over the internet, you could just apply for it. You can fake it. People would fake them. They're not even authentic. There's no way of authentifying or authenticating something like that to prove that it's authentic. It's like, how do you do that? It's like people were just printing them off themselves. Be like, this is my emotional. It's like, what do you do at that point? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it was getting out of hand because then you, yeah, they wouldn't have to pay for their pet to come with them. They got to come, they got to just have our pet with them. Mm -hmm. And it just, but, you know, it's the world we live in. Yeah. People suck. And they take advantage of, of things that actually help some people. Yeah. And I, I saw, it, like I said, the, the military community was in an uproar over it. And I saw people commenting on it. And a lot of people were, like, in favor of it because people were taking advantage of it and bringing yeah. animals in the cabin that really had no place in being in the cabin. And someone was like, oh, I'd rather have sit next to a, a wet dog than sit next to a crying child. I feel like, wow, sir, you are no better than that crying child right now because at least that's a child doesn't know how to control their emotions and you're blasting yeah. it all over Facebook. So good on good you. Lord. Yeah. People are crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, it it sucks, and I feel bad for those who actually need it, but it's true. Like, they, people had taken so much advantage of the fact that this was here that, yeah. it, it, you know, this is what happens. We try to give you nice yeah. things. You take advantage of those nice things. You take advantage of We them. must take those away now. Yeah. I will give you a stuffed animal to snuggle with if you claim this you emotional go. support. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, service animals, those are still allowed. And you can still bring your, your doggy and your cat on board as long as they fit under the seat. But just don't sit next to somebody who's allergic to pets. Like my yeah. son, who's allergic to cats. So, yeah. Be courteous, if, be courteous. If, that, if there's a situation like that. It's maybe somebody just doesn't want to smell your stinky dog for, yeah. you know, five, six 12 hours on yeah. a flight. Yeah. It's fine. I know. Bathe I don't your like pet before dogs. you get on the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Groom your pet nicely. Please. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all That's all the information I had. Um, this was fairly recent news. So, I don't know. And it's, it was effective immediately as of August mm-hmm. 2nd. So, anybody who was flying before that or, or already had who already had a pet spot, I think it was still, it was going to be manifest, manifested all the way through. But as of that, they were not going to be taking any new reservations for animals. And they're just going to have to figure it out, which really, really sucks because people who were looking forward to that, who are coming very close to their PCS date, is now an added stress. It's like, well, now it's a race against time in order to be able to get on the rotator, which some of the spots are probably already taken. Yes. Um, so now it's like you might have to take an earlier flight, but now you don't have enough time with your that certificate that you get for your pets. Yeah. And or a later time until you can get your pets on the rotator. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We'll Bye. see if anything changes. I know there's people advocating for the military to try to pay some of your expenses for the pet, which is really great. But again, there's going to be yeah. people that come out and just take total advantage of that. Um, and ship out more than they should, which I think the the limitations for pets, there should be limitations for pets as well. There should be. Honestly, okay, guys, you're, you're a part of military life. You know that you move pretty frequently. Having a pet adds more stress and uh, more financial stress on yourself. And it's you know, if you got to have a pet, you know, I I understand you have a pet, have maybe two pets at the most. Mm-hmm. Don't have four, five, six dogs that you have to bring over to a foreign country. Yeah. One, it's just not fair because you're taking up spots. And I think they only limit, I think they limit it to like two total. I think you can only on have base. two on the rotator. On base. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the rotator. Yes. Only two. Yeah. And base too, yeah. So yeah, obviously limit people your will move off base. I know people that have like still, five just, dogs. <laughs> I know. It's just that's so much. Like wait until retirement or wait I mean, until if your you have significant the money gets out. to do it and the patience and the ability, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, it just it's so I I just think of it I only have one pet and just the added stress on getting her to England and then having to mm-hmm. get her off of England was it's just, it's a lot. I remember, and yeah. It, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. And I don't ever wish that on people to, like, to add that on top of moving. So 
I mean, do what you do what you want to do. If you can handle it, I mean, go for it. It's your life. It's your life. Live it. Yeah. Just, just don't get angry at the system because you put yourself there. So, um, mm-hmm. there are also grants, or there's at least one yes. grant out right now that you can get to help pay for that flight. Um, mm-hmm. and do it because it's free money until it runs out, and uh, then they can bring it back. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, <laughs> if you're if you're in the military world, chances are you'd have to move eventually, especially if you're overseas. Just just start saving money right away. You know, I yes. had a um, we had a friend in England, um, our friend Jordan. I remember she had a piggy bank on her wall that it was for travel, but they ended up moving a little bit earlier than anticipated. So all her money that was in there, she's like, well, that's just gonna go for the pets like we're gonna have to move uh, she had cats at the time i think one cat yeah maybe two, maybe two cats um so she was saving all that money for for them and you could just see her her payment growing to be able to move the pets so and i mean you too i'm sure you guys were prepared for that when you were leaving england it's just an added expense it's doable if you're smart mm-hmm. just don't be surprised it, yes. when you get turned down on the rotator because there's no spots and you have to find yeah. an alternative route. You should have yes. had that planned already. Yes. Just be prepared. We tell this you this is the all podcast the podcast where I tell you what to do. <laughs> exactly. We tell you how to live in the military life. Yes. We know. <laughs> we know everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Thank you for that information, Veronica. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very good information that people need to know, especially mm-hmm. with it being so recent, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <sighs> well, thank you for your story. That was crazy. You're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else? Any Anything else you want to put out? Any info today? Um, no, I think that's all I got. That's all I got today. I can hear my children giggling from the other room, so I think their father might be in there <laughs> torturing them. Um, well, that is all for today. We thank you guys for listening and being so patient through our rambling on before we actually get to the point. Is there a point? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Once we start to get towards the point, we then go off on another ramble. That's what we're Because squirrel. <laughs> yeah squirrel butterfly ah um <laughs> i hope that you guys enjoy your wonderful day and um thanks for tuning in <laughs> tuning? tuning thanks for tuning in thanks for listening in and don't forget to rate and subscribe and to send us your military related issues stories topics anything you wish for us to cover on the podcast that you're willing to share mm-hmm. we will be more than happy to share Jen. Veronica. Don't forget that wherever you go, you can't take your emotional support Not for dog free. with you. Yeah. Not for free. But there, there you, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.